Hello and welcome to the Faculty Podcast. Covering the latest breakthroughs, research news and insight, delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this episode, Elizabeth Bates, discusses men's experiences of post-separation abuse. So this publication is part of my wider work working with male victims of domestic violence. Um, I started this work after I completed my PhD and it's become a quite an in-depth and um, qualitative exploration of men's experiences. So it started with using an online anonymous questionnaire that I used for my previous work that allowed me to explore the experiences of men who feel that they aren't able to come forward and be interviewed or are struggling to disclose their experiences. So as part of that work had revealed that men experience really significant physical and um, sexual emotional and psychological abuse um, from their female partners. This particular paper was then a follow-up to that. It was something that I'd noticed within that original sort of data set that men were talking quite a lot about the experiences that they'd had within the relationship, but then also how that had continued after the relationship. It hadn't stopped when they'd left. It had continued and in some cases changed. So part of the stuff that I'd seen within that wider data set had led me to want to do a follow-up study that really explores specifically those post-separation experiences and trying to understand actually how it is that these experiences do um, continue and change after the end of the relationship. So the men had described to me the way that the um, physical violence for this particular sample seemed to have stopped because the proximity to their partner had changed. But they described um, continued ongoing levels of harassment, the harassment where they were being um, called or texted or emailed or um, followed and things like that. It included the way that their partners were still trying to exert levels of coercive control. So that sort of psychological and emotional manipulation was something that continued. And this was seen through experiences like um, threats of or making false allegations. Some men described that they'd had false allegations of domestic violence, um, sexual violence and child abuse. There were false allegations had been made against them or there was the threat that that would be made against them. And that had massively impacted on their life, obviously. It affected their relationship with their children in the case of fathers. For one man, it had affected his job because it had affected how he was able to engage with that. They also described the ways in which their um, children were used as a weapon against them. So some men had described, for example, through the use of false, false allegations, they'd had their contact with their children withheld. For others, they'd had that relationship manipulated. So where they were able to see their children in the when they weren't there, the other parents, or the mother of the children in this case, was um, sort of affected and manipulating that relationship. So one example that I remember was where a man had said that he um, he had access to his child, but she was frightened to see him because her mother had told the child that she had um, that the dad had killed the dog that he um, wanted to hurt her and her sister, which obviously wasn't true. But then it left the child really frightened. They were really frightened to see him. And so that relationship had become really affected in that way. There were these different mechanisms that men had experienced post-separation that were still impacting on them massively. Some of the barriers that they had experienced to getting help were... Um, they were multi-layered, really. There were lots of barriers that men faced um, being men in some respects because of issues around masculinity and how we talk about what it is to be a man, the fact that men don't feel like they can ask for help more broadly than just these instances. 
but also they were really frightened of the responses that they would get, both socialized stuff, for example, from their friends and family. They were worried that people would laugh at them or wouldn't believe them. But also from services and, and sort of more widely, they were frightened again, they wouldn't be believed. They were frightened that they might be accused of being a perpetrator because for someone who had tried to reach out, they hadn't always had a good response from that. And they were frightened of that um, occurring again. So all of these factors came together and had really impacted on their ability to ask for help. The main findings, I think, were just the way in which this um, abuse continues. So the way that for this sample, their female partners were continue or ex-partners as it were, were continuing to try and exert control over them. It was control that they had experienced throughout their relationship, but actually it was the way in which it had continued and it was changing because of the nature of the relationship had changed, obviously, with them not being together anymore. But there was still constant um, attempts to try and manipulate and control that man's life. This was particularly the case, as I said, when the um, participants were fathers. This was particularly through the use of the children. And the impact that this um, experience had had on them was also a really significant finding. We know that domestic violence is a traumatic experience. And we know more widely from anybody that experiences it that it is really impactful. But these men were talking about the fact that they'd left this relationship and the fact that it had continued sometimes for several years after the end of the relationship. They were talking very specifically about how it was having long-lasting impact on them, on their physical and on their mental health. And as I say, for those that were fathers, um, most importantly for them, on their relationship with their children. So the conclusions and implications of this, it was a very small scale study in as much as I interviewed 13 um, men for this. So there were, it was small scale in that sense. So one of the key sort of recommendations and implications for it is the need to explore this issue on a wider scale and with a larger sample to see if this is experience that is shared um, in a wider sample of men who have experienced abuse, um, but also to see if there are other experiences that we don't yet know about. This isn't an issue that had been looked at before. We had seen within the literature that had explored women's post-separation experiences some of these factors, but it hadn't been looked at with men before. So I think one of those key things is about actually the need to explore this issue in a wider sample of men, um, because ultimately we need to understand um, A, how this is happening, and B, really the impact that it is having, so that we can make sure that we are tailoring and support the help men, that we can make sure we are putting that support in place because obviously domestic violence in any sense is a really, really impactful and damaging thing to experience. And we want to really um, be able to tailor and help these men um, in terms of the sort of support that is available to them, the support available to them as, I guess, as I said, fathers trying to obviously um, have to contact them and turn that contact with their children.